We just call this a podcast because we had to. Uh, hey, everyone. I just wanted to go through a few things before we get into an amazing uh, episode with an amazing guest. Uh, first off, this episode is brought to you by our fine friends and folks at TravelGurus.ca. Uh, Travel Gurus is a fantastic company uh, that's passionate about travel. That's all about real people, real deals. Uh, they are super cool. They've won numerous awards, uh, and I'm really happy to offer a $500. Uh, travel voucher to any of our listeners that simply go to reinholds.ca forward slash podcast and comment on this episode link of where you've been and why you loved it or where you'd like to travel to and why. Uh, There's a few terms and conditions, but basically the voucher works on anything except for flight only. So $500, it's yours. Go comment. We'll pick one random lucky winner. Uh, As mentioned, Travel Gurus guarantees all the best prices, period. Uh, They will even beat your quote. So, uh, again, shout out to Travel Gurus for sponsoring this episode. Now, let's get into the meat and potatoes of today. First off, we have created a Reinhold Show podcast community on Facebook. Uh, It's a closed group. The design of the group is simply to add value to your life to actually kind of get a little bit of relationship going with the listeners and some of the guests that we have on to provide value, um, to provide a little bit of entertainment, humor, motivation, and business. As you know, the podcast has been a really good mix of uh, some business how-to, a little bit of food, a little bit of entertainment. Uh, We just want to make this podcast as real as possible and kind of touch on all the different aspects that that life really uh, throws at us. Also want to make you aware of uh, the fact that we're on Instagram at Reinhold Show Podcast. We're also on Facebook.com forward slash the Reinhold Show Podcast. We appreciate all your reviews there. And again, we've been doing our format a little freestyle. And now that we're kind of getting into a groove uh, with the podcast, where our listenership has grown exponentially, the feedback has been good. I want to try to format it a little bit better so that uh, we can set expectations uh, that you can hold us to. So that being said, every single Wednesday, first thing in the morning, in your inbox, you are going to be having a new episode from the Reinhold Show podcast. Uh, simply go to reinholds.ca forward slash podcasts and uh, fill in the little first name and your email address. We will not spam you, but merely use uh, your email as a way of keeping in touch with you. The only thing we will send is something that we feel that might be of benefit to you. As always, if you have any feedback for a show to date, or you'd like to see certain things or elements or topics, or or you have specific guests, or you would like to be a guest, just simply uh, hit me up at info at reinholds.ca, or you can simply just reach out to us uh, to me on any social media platform at Reinholds One. I'm on Twitter at Reinholds One. I'm on Instagram at Reinholds One and the Reinholds Show podcast, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, you name it. We are there. Snapchat. Okay. So we would appreciate you subscribing. Again, please go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and rate the podcast. It helps us exponentially. Uh, so without further ado, we love you. And again, we just called this a podcast because we had to.
Uh, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Ryan Hold Show podcast. Today we have the man, the myth, the think, the media, the legend, but his name's also Sean. So, um, Sean Canal, before I get into his bio, uh, Sean, I wanted to really, really chat with you. Uh, I literally have been hunting down your calendar via Jen. Is Jen slash your honey bunny assistant? Who's Jen? But I really love the, the Team Canal signature at the end yeah. of the email. And the first email actually she sent me, it was so weird because I thought it was talking to you. And then it says Team Canal, Jen. So I'm like, oh, hey, Jen, how are you? <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's not my honey bunny. Uh, my honey bunny is uh, Sonia. But uh, Jen is uh, doing a lot of my like kind of executive assistant type stuff. Yeah. And helping out. But uh, yeah, Team Cano, man, it's been growing just kind of uh, really fast as our company's been growing, too. Yeah. Well, t- tell Jen, I think she's uh, fantastic. I want to start off today with a quote and it says, stand in service of others by living your authentic truth. I may not climb my ladder as quickly as someone else, but my ladder is also not built on unsteady backs with knives in them. If I have to intentionally hurt another being to get ahead, well, I just have to roll up my sleeves and find a different way to forge onward. Uh, This quote, I'm paraphrasing uh, uh, one of our previous guests, but uh, Jason from Nike um, th- I kind of, I kind of looked at this quote, Sean, and and uh, and really kind of related it to you because you're constantly just putting out content, you're constantly giving, um, and you to me are the the, the true definition of uh, build value, build value, build value. Sean Cannell teaches influencers how to go further faster with social media and video. With over 20 years of experience in online video, social media, and online marketing, Sean Cannell has become the go-to authority of building real influence with video. Sean has built multiple successful brands online, including Sean Thinks, Think International, Think Media TV, and Clear Vision Media to go over 350,000 subscribers with over 10 million video views. He's also worked with many top YouTubers, authors, businesses, and nonprofits, helping them increase their influence and impact online. Sean is a best-selling author and creator of Video Ranking Academy, an online course on how to grow your audience with ranked videos and turn views into income. Sean's passion is to help influencers spread messages that matter with video and social media. Uh, Sean, welcome to the show, my friend. Pumped to be here, Ryan. Ready to crush it today. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, you know what's really funny is uh, the whole theme of my podcast is um, to passively help people uh, in business, in life, in motivation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, one of my biggest questions for you off the top is: I know with all the changes with YouTube and whatnot, um, people often talk about in marketing, and you're a marketer as well, and I'm a marketer, but. All we do is day trade people's attention as marketers if we really simplified everything. Um, so for me, I say that the best marketers have no ego, meaning that if I put out a video and I assume that you should watch it, it's kind of makes me like almost like an arrogant bastard to even feel that I have to put something in that video or something in that podcast that's of value to you. The emerge of podcasts has definitely risen in the last few years. A lot of the good feedback on podcasts is that I don't have to sit there and watch a video, but I can also passively take in your content and I could be, you know, doing homework. I could be, you know, parsing email. I could be, you know, spending time with my kids. What is your thoughts on audio versus video as just a medium? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think uh, both are powerful and just like anything, they're they're tools, really. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny because it's not about podcasts. It's not about even video. Video is a medium. It's not the end. And what matters is what you're communicating and how you're communicating it. 
And so I just think they're different. Audio is, of course, super powerful because it is that passive listening experience, huge in a time starved culture um, because of people being busy, wanting to listen on their commute when they're driving. But I still think video is the most powerful communication method because, you know, I've heard it said if a picture speaks a thousand words, video speaks a million. Absolutely. Um, because you have moving pictures. You can also see people's emotions and more or less you're kind of making eye contact. You can see if they at least appear <laughs> sincere, their body language. Yeah. Um, you're not just telling, but you're also showing. Um, but I don't think even one is necessarily, if you will, better than the other, because one, you know, a hammer works for some things and a saw works for something else. And so they really serve different purposes. In fact, we are, um, it's going to probably take us maybe Q2, Q3 this year, but we're in the works of a podcast as well. So yes. whichever one you start with, I think it's definitely not either, or it's both and. Well, I think what's really nice about what you have going on is, I mean, you already have a lot of podcast episodes that you can upload. All you got to do is separate the audio from all that video you've done. It's interesting, too, because when we when we tactfully think about how people learn and take in information and knowledge, some people prefer to read. You know, they want to see words. Uh, some people prefer audio. Some people prefer video. And I always tell everybody, I say, you know, if you could try to do all three, you know, and kind of maximize that one piece of content and syndicate it out, uh, you're off to the races. Uh, stages of platforming. Traction maintaining expansion. My God, in YouTube in 2018, I've heard many people say if you're thinking about starting your own channel, trying to get momentum, and either don't have really amazing content or at least some really good cash flow to help like propel you. Um, and I know you do tons of videos on how to get subscribers, how to put out good content. You talk about audio visual. Do you like how tough is it for somebody to get traction? who has zero subscribers on YouTube now. Well, you know, it's also kind of, I love what you said, you know, really good content. If you have some cash flow to help you, I would even say if you have some connections, there's yeah. three C's for you. Yeah. Connections could help you. Um, but, you know, it also goes into maybe where the individual actually is. I think that let's say you're um, already kind of in your zone of genius and mastery that you're speaking on stages, you're a best-selling author, your content is dialed, your message is dialed, and you want to parachute into to YouTube, maybe you already have an email list, you've got some things going for you, well, and you're not on YouTube, you need to be. In fact, I was just at a conference speaking to someone, they've written like 10 books, they're in the parenting niche, um, helping uh, people parent their kids. They have a little bit like an old YouTube channel that they haven't uploaded on. If someone has that, channel authority does matter a little bit. Like just Google likes that it's been around and it's not a newly started channel. So I was telling them, I was like, you guys are good. You've got some social media influence. You can go it all in on YouTube, watch our stuff, watch our best practices, but you're just in a different kind of position. You know, the question though is definitely different if someone is unsure. A lot of people that look for coaching from us, they're, they don't even know what their niche is yet. Or they're like wondering what their passion is yet. And still, I would say you should start because, um, you should practice in, per in, in you should practice in public. You should start mm. getting your content out there, learning mm. as you go. Cause especially if you don't know what your niche is, test, experiment, mm. try it, upload some videos. Now that's not going to hurt you. It's going to get you closer towards clarity, closer towards mastery. And, um, is it harder to start YouTube this year? Sure. I mean, of course the best time to start was 2005. <laughs> Second best time to start was 2010. Yep. The third best time to start is today. And 
what are we going to do about unless you have a time travel machine, you just kind of have to face the facts of, of really what's happening. I like to illustrate too. Um, I'm from Seattle originally. Now okay. we live in Vegas and yeah. you know, Seattle is the home of, of course, Microsoft, yeah. Boeing, Amazon, but also Starbucks. Yeah. And I remember when Starbucks actually didn't even have a store. They just sold beans. They didn't actually make espresso or coffee for you. They would just sell you the beans. And then they opened that first store that people visit now down in Pike Place Market. And, you know, the question is, was anybody else doing coffee or were they the first to do mm, coffee? Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. 100 percent. You know, what's interesting about uh, I, I, I feel with YouTube um, we had a conversation with one of my previous guests and we basically talked about, um, who somebody who's, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old is looking up to, um, this particular gentleman loved Lucius Fox, um, because he's a designer. However, um, now everybody's looking up to YouTube stars. Uh, and you know, if you walk into junior high schools and you go speak and things like that, you know, a lot of kids are saying, you know, I'd like to be a YouTuber when I grow up. So you as somebody who has got a huge influence on YouTube, do you ever sit back and think my social responsibility on what I'm actually putting out and the messaging I'm actually putting out is actually impacting quite a few kids that are actually up and coming saying, man, I really respect Sean and I want to get there one day. How does that make you feel? Or, or do you think of it like that? I actually totally think about that. I, I mean, I think, you know, what do they say? Like with great influence, you know, comes great responsibility. Absolutely. And, um, you know, to, to be honest, I'm sure most people probably heard of controversy, the big changes in YouTube, Logan Paul showing a dead body on YouTube and that causing ripples uh, in YouTube and why these changes have kind of been triggered by that and even some former things. And, you know, to be honest, I, I actually really respect the hustle of the Paul brothers they're incredibly brilliant entrepreneurs, but at the same time, uh, do I think they're the best role models? I don't, you know, mm. I mean, I would tell them that. And, and of course that's completely up to them, but they have so many people watching them, um, and looking at their value system, how they live their life. I mean, I personally, and, and this isn't coming from a place of judgment, it's a, it's a divergent values, mm -hmm. but, but Logan has outspokenly said, I want to be the most famous person in the world. And, uh, I think that the pursuit of greatness is good. I think that the pursuit of, of fame, uh, is dangerous. Um, oh. and I think mm. that it's, um, uh, it could be a byproduct of pursuing the right things, but I don't think it should be something that we pursue as the main thing. But again, no disrespect at the same time. Like, like I would learn, I learned from those guys. I, I watched some of their stuff. And, um, what I mean is, is that from my standpoint, yeah, I definitely want to consider number one, to stay incredibly grateful and humble. Mm, I think that there's mm. a lot of entitlement in our culture. Mm. I think that young people can have that. I'm speaking. I just spoke to a 21 year old who, who kind of wants to be the next Jake Paul and is nowhere near the work ethic or the focus mm. right now to like actually get there. And, and also that being an ambition, and, I think. And just to interject on that, you're speaking to that 21 year old and I have a lot of those convos too. How do you word your response to that person without absolutely bombing their ambitions? Like just, to, I guess, just to give you an analogy or context, an example is Instagram. I had somebody message me on Instagram, literally asking, how do you become an influencer? And I have a good following. My my YouTube game sucks. That's merely because of my lack of effort on. It. I'm very self aware on that. However, I do have a good following in other 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 platforms. But I literally responded back and said, I don't consider myself an influencer. 
I'm somebody who's literally pounding the pavement, trying to put out good content, working my ass off every single day. That word influencer is is a, is a tricky one. Like, and I know we, it, you know, you know, Webster's Dictionary. It's a good word to describe what's going on. But when people just say, "How do you, how do you become an influencer?" and before I responded back to her, what I did is I did a di- digital deep dive. So I, I I seen that she was follow, you know, she had like thirteen thousand five hundred followers, and then she was only following like fifty nine people, and then I noticed that every picture of her on her Instagram was always talking about her, 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 and I just kind of thought in my head. How can you even ask that question when you have to provide value? So how did you word your answer to that, you know, 21 year old without saying, I don't want to like kill your dreams, but I also want to give you some reality. Um, I, that just inspired and I'll answer that question just inspired a quote that I looked up. You're right. You just said value, you know, this quote from Albert Einstein, it says, try not to become a man of success, but rather try to become a man of value. Mm. And that's the better question. Mm. That's like the difference between pursuing fame you like, it's like, I want to be an influencer of what, like, what have you done or what have you created <laughs> that is valuable yeah. first? Influencer is really a byproduct in a lot of ways. Same thing as fame could be a byproduct, but the way I worded it, I mean, I think that I, I was, I'm pretty direct. I, I got pretty intense because I also, it comes out of the price I know I paid. Uh, mm. you know, I waited tables at Red Robin for 10 years yep. while doing multiple side hustles to try to build things on the side. I'm sure we, you go into your story as well. You know, the 10,000 hours that it takes to build mastery and expertise and, um, and, and, and there's a disconnect between, to be honest, a lot of people are delusional, young yeah. and old. Yeah. They're delusional to what the results that they hope to get, uh, to achieve and what it actually takes to go in that. So, I mean, we just spoke very bluntly, but then I would say this hard truth, but you know, sandwiched in encouragement. Mm. And, uh, I learned that from uh, days I've, I spent time in ministry and, um, in a church context mm. and, and even in leadership, they did sometimes say, if you have something hard to deliver to somebody, mm. it was the Oreo method. Although yeah. the cream's usually the good part, but the cream's the bad part. Yeah. So, you know, encourage in the beginning, I value you, I care about you. Yeah. And that's why I'm telling you this, the hard thing is sandwich rather, you know, the meat is the hard thing they need to hear. People need truth more yeah. than ever. They don't need to have their egos inflated. They also don't need just like general, you can do anything you want. No, you can't, you know, like you could, you, you could work towards it, but like you're not entitled to just, you know, I, I can't just join, uh, the, the Raiders who are building a stadium here in Las Vegas and just yeah. say, Hey, you know what? I'm wanting to make a career change. What do you think they're going to say to me? Um, and then at the end they'll encourage again. So it's that sandwich and, and just saying, Hey, I really believe in you, but, but you gotta, you gotta put in the work and, and you can do this. Um, and, but in this case he's working, he's at home, he's in school complaining about how he doesn't have time and doesn't have a job and just talking about YouTube being hard. And I'm like, bro, how about getting married and buying a house while having three jobs and volunteering mm. in my local church while also trying to do YouTube? Mm. Just just a different kind of work ethic. And we're not doing anybody a service. You know, real love mm. is going to speak the truth in love. You know, what's so funny is uh, I actually came across you not from YouTube. It was from some sort of post you put on Instagram when that incident happened in Las Vegas. And I think I don't know how that for the life of me, I think I started typing in the hashtag and then all of a sudden I seen you and you, your message was so compelling, had nothing to do with YouTuber marketing. It was just more of a humanity message. And then I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I really like this dude. And then I clicked on your name and then I'm like, holy crap, what the hell? This is some weird guy, but I love this guy. Then I like clicked over to YouTube and I'm like, I don't know. I just get a good aura from this guy. And I, I think I think 
the fact that I could ascertain that kind of vibe without ever meeting you, still never meeting you in person, um, but but digitally speaks a lot for your character, um, speaks a lot for the stuff that you're putting out. Um, and I think that, you know, going back to the 21 year old, everybody's always watching and it's so true. And I think you would agree to this. But when you work your ass off, put your head down and be of service and of value, you're going to get yours in the end anyway. It's it, it's serendipitous, right? At the end of the day. Now, you, you I mean, you're talking and, and that's what I did want to get into is prior to the YouTube. So you said I worked at Red Robins for 10 years. Who the hell is Sean Cannell before all the YouTube stuff? Or who the heck is Sean Cannell realistically without YouTube and all that? Like, just who are you as a as a person? I'm really interested to get to know that side because I can go watch, you know, a million minutes on you to figure out everything else. But who is Sean? I love that. And you also just inspired another quote. I forget who said it, but it was, <laughs> uh, you know, seek uh, uh, help others get what they want and then you'll get what you want. And I think that's actually been kind of a part of my my journey. One of the things I would recommend people do is apprentice, is intern, is volunteer, is get around great people, get around the industries and the things that you want to do so you can learn as you go. You know, I got my start in video in my local church, small town, Marysville, Washington, hour north of uh, Seattle. And my youth pastor at the time just handed me a camera and Adobe Premiere, which is still what we use today in our business to edit video. So in 2003, before YouTube even started. And he said, hey, start making weekly uh, videos. And Ryan, these videos were horrible, right? <laughs> like, you're, I always tell people, your first videos are always your worst videos. Yeah. But YouTube hadn't even started, so the blessing was I did 52 videos that year. That's weekly videos. And then eventually the, the lead pastor of the church was like, these aren't too bad. Can you do these on Sundays also? So now, as a volunteer, I did 104 videos that next year. And that's 2004. So just think about that. Like, what are you going to learn? I talk to kids or people of any age and and they're like, man, I'm just so disappointed with my results. I'm like, how many videos you uploaded? They're like, well, I'm on my third video. Mm -hmm. How long did it take you to do that? Six months. Mm -hmm. Like you're like, you are nowhere near the amount of actions and mistakes. You got to be failing fast. You got to be putting out a lot of bad work. You got to be practicing in public and learning as you go. And so that's, that was my journey. 2007 um, was the first year that we started a YouTube channel and I was managing my church's YouTube channel. And then by 2009, I now had learned video just, I never went to film school or anything, but I would, I would call people, buy books. I bought uh, DVDs. I bought this, I paid $300 to buy a DVD from Philip Bloom, who's a filmmaker about how to use the Canon 7D. Okay. To, like, to learn, like I pursued mastery to get information for creating content. And, um, and so then I eventually started that, that business. And now I was helping people with their SEO, their titles, there's, uh, the things that I've been learning in YouTube from studying. That's when I met Benji Travis, who's the co-founder of video influencers and started to work with them. Uh, him and his wife were rising on YouTube and I was able to kind of do some backend stuff pertaining to SEO to help them grow a little bit, um, as well. And, and I was just doing all those kinds of things. And then throughout those times, eventually I moved to Vegas and mm. I did spend a year um, or years as a marketing director at a church. Okay. So now I'm learning email marketing. What made Facebook you what, pages. What, what made you move to Vegas? Is that just for work or is that somewhere you wanted to, to head up or that was kind of where you seen opportunity or just you know, it was just <laughs> random because I, I was working with Benji and Judy on the wedding series and we were both in the um, northern Seattle area. And it was this 10 video series. We basically, before 
Um, it was common to do vlogging and before it was common to have sponsors and, and influencer marketing and all these things. We were like, what if I produced the rea- reality show, kind of a vloggy style of getting the dress, getting the flowers, of checking out the venue. And then Benji was like, would be selling these places like, hey, we've got some YouTube influence. We will create a dedicated video. Would you just comp our flowers? Wow. So it's kind of smart, <laughs> you know, like and, he, and then he built out his wedding and, and ended up being able to like. <laughs> reduce the cost of it by like 80% yeah, yeah, yeah. and pay me, et cetera. Yeah. But then randomly he's like, Hey, I know we're doing this, but there's this project coming up in Vegas for YouTubers, Palazzo, Simon G jewelry, generosity water. Can you go do the same kind of reality style shooting and vlog stuff there? And it was when we went there, uh, we worked, I brought my wife with me so she could just chill in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. And then we went and visited a church on Sunday who we kind of had some ties to the Northwest. We went out to lunch with the pastors and they're like, Hey, uh, would you consider this role of marketing director, a director of communications? And so, you know, we prayed about it for a while and processed it. And, and that's what was um, that's how it happened. So just totally random. And we felt good about it. And it was a good season. And again, we learned so much. And so I'm learning leadership. I'm learning even how to become a better communicator. Mm-hmm. I'm learning mm-hmm. uh, how to run a team. And now as we're leading a team, I probably want to be able to do close to what we're doing today if it wasn't for that developmental season. And one other huge thing during that time was I really wanted to also like the the pastor who I love, his name's Benny Perez. He's got a lot of books out. Mm-hmm. I was on his book launches. Mm. So I, I, I went to I went to digital marketer conferences during that time to learn how to launch ebooks and rank on Amazon and write ebooks and we use someone in the church to be a ghostwriter and I'm doing email marketing and I'm devouring as much content courses I can uh, do to learn online marketing, still studying YouTube, but also getting to work on their platforms, see the reach, test content, test headlines, mm, mm. test copy, marketing copy. And then another guy once, uh, traveling speaker, best-selling author. I just knew I wanted to work for him because I also wanted to learn from him. I wanted proximity with his message. His mm. message was personal development, success, mm. et cetera. But I also knew he needed uh, help with social. So he actually came to an event in Vegas. I had a few touch points with him. And finally, I walked up to him, had enough confidence. I said, hey, I want to work for you. I want to do something for you. I think you should bring me to Florida. I think uh, your team could really benefit from me. He's like, all right, maybe. Followed up with an email. I said, here's the deal. Bring me to Florida. My fee's a thousand bucks. I just made that up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'll consult with your team for a day and um, pay all my expenses. And I go, but tell you what, if you don't feel like you got five or 10x the value of what uh, I, I deliver for you, then I will refund all the money, all the travel. And I will also buy you a gift card for you and your family to go eat in downtown Disney because I know you guys love that. Mm. So it's like a scary pitch early on. Ooh. But he's like, shoot. So he brought me down and that way. And then it ended up leading to just doing some weekly contract work. And I did other things. So I got to work with these are influencers. These are people yep. who built up reputation and traditional. Yeah. And now we're moving on to social. Yeah. So all of these like the nuances of social best practices to like growth hack yep. your brand. I wanted to get hands-on experience, and that's why I recommend people do internships. Work for free, and I work for years for free for the church, and I also undercharged. Maybe I should have, maybe I shouldn't have, but I wasn't thinking about the money. I was thinking about the education. Mm. I was thinking about the experience, and I was thinking about the proximity to these people who I was also – I wanted to also work with people who I kind of wanted what was on their life. I wanted – how did they build their influence? You know, how do how do they lead people? And I want to do absorb all the nutrients 
of leadership, teamwork, you know, communication, because I had a long term vision to be doing what we're doing today. Everything that you're saying, though, it's uh, I mean, I think you have you heard of Marcus Aurelius stoicism. So, I mean, everything that you're describing is is like a stoic mentality. But then you're also there's a little bit of Ryan Holiday in there, which is ego is the enemy. Right. Great book. Um, you are reaching out to people. It's funny. I think just as, as uh, when did I see this? Maybe a couple weeks ago. I think I commented on one person's video, and then you were commenting too on the same video. I think I did reply to you or whatever. I'm like, hey man, I'm I'm looking forward to having you on. But it's like a stream of thousands of comments. You're at a position you're in in YouTube, which many people who are trying to get to where you are on YouTube would aspire to be. But they would look at somebody like you, and, and I, a lot of people would look at it and say, he's already at a level that he wants to be at. He's probably too good to go and do some of that, you know, dirty work of like, hi, how are you? My name's Sean. I'm going to comment on your video. I'm going to get some interaction. I'm not going to plug my own YouTube channel. I'm not going to plug any of my links. I'm just going to give you like some straight up content. And you're still doing that, still staying true to probably some of the fundamentals that got you where you are today. Is that correct? 100%. And I think, I mean, and how how do you stay grounded? How do you stay non-ego how do you stay energetic how do you stay mentally sharp you have a ton of energy obviously um your voice i I, i'm like i I actually like your voice you have a nice voice and i'm like i'm like uh he's got because i i I don't want to generalize but a lot of guys like they're geeky as hell right so they're they're like hey man how's it going what's up okay ryan's today and this i'm like okay cool you know i kind of expect that you're like hey man what's up my name's Sean. you got some soul in you that must be some seattle or something because i like seattle too but I mean, how do you just stay grounded? Is do you have a great family base with your wife? Is there, you know, I want more some kind of like practical, tactical things that somebody right now who's, you know, on the come up or saying, oh, you know, hey, I'm a little too good. I got some of this going on. Like, what would you tell that person? And what are some actual things that in their current life they can utilize to just stay grounded, clear and focused? Yeah, I mean, I think a couple things. I think definitely my upbringing. Uh, I think I learned my work ethic certainly from from my uh, parents, and mm. they really taught me that if you want something, you got to work for it. Um, and even I remember when I was sixteen, right the day I turned sixteen in Washington State, I went and got my driver's license, and then I I, I drove my Mazda MX six red ninety two or something <laughs> uh, d- over to my friend's shop, and we installed a system that I had worked the entire you know uh, subs and all that stuff, you know it cost a couple grand, and I had mowed lawns week after week, day after day, all summer long. And, and I put in that work, I'd be out there, headphones on dust, you know, in your face. We grew up, I kind of grew up on a farm. So I learned hard work and I think that was, and and we grew up, you know, on the one hand, I'm no, not ignorant at all to a, I'm a white male living in America. I really believe that like it is wrong for, for, I don't believe anyone should complain, but like anyone in my shoes has no business complaining and no Mm. business having ego. Now, plenty of people do, but I just mean, you know, uh, we've, I've had so much opportunity because of that, but we didn't grow up wealthy. We grew up, you know, with not with much. So anything that I ever have now, like it's gratitude goes so deep. Like the day I went full time on YouTube, just barely making any money, but enough just to support my family. I was like, dude, it's Christmas from here on out. Every day is Christmas. And so I think fighting that entitlement, but let's get tactical. I think you also got to be surrounded with people who you have asked and given them permission to speak into your life and to ego check you. And Mm. so 
other men of in particular, probably it makes sense that it would be maybe weird if it's strangers, but people you trust. And so I've got a circle, a tight circle, and even people that are different ages. David Goldstein lives here in Vegas. And sometimes I'll say, you know, I got blind spots, guys. Like, do you see anything? And they might say no. They'll say you're doing great. Mm. But they also might say, uh, yeah, I mean, this seems like maybe it's going to your head or different things. I, I certainly know my mentality right now, but it being kind of, as you might say, grounded, mm. um, you know, hopefully humble. But at the same time, shoot, we're on a trajectory of success. The three big things that have taken uh, great men out historically have been uh, gold. You know, money goes to their head has been girls. Typically, yep. <laughs> we slow up the relationship. <laughs> yeah. But the, the other yeah. one's glory. Glory. You know? Yeah. You start getting into the glory. You start for you forget yeah. where you came from. Yeah. And and I remember waiting tables uh, at like 21, uh, 22. And I remember people from high school coming in sitting down with like sick jobs, kind of wearing business clothes and they'd be, you know, and by sick job, I mean like they're, they're, uh, in working in an insurance office, but they've got, you know, they're able to pay their lease, live someplace cool. And I'm waiting tables and I'm waiting on them and I've got these big dreams, but then I'm going in the back and like scraping fries off plates. Yeah. And, and, but that every minute and second of that, you know, Malcolm Gladwell, we mentioned the 10,000 hour rule that if you get to this place of mastery, it takes about 10,000 hours. I did the math. I'm at probably 30,000 hours in online video and video in general. Yeah. Yeah. So when you just put that much time in, in obscurity, then the people already suddenly see you, but it's like, man, I, I'm just super grounded in, in all of that. And then the, the last one's also certainly my, my faith. I mean, I believe uh, different people have different beliefs, of course, of, of who Jesus was. Mm. But one thing we can agree is that I believe he's the greatest leader of all time, mm. should be studied by every leader. Mm. Clearly, he created the, the largest movement that's still in moving, moving today. Mm. And it's not still leading it, if you will, like in a sense where has left the earth and, and is like, but yet it it lives on and is growing and is thriving, whatever. And so you think about his leadership and, you know, it's so interesting. There's a part in the Bible where he goes, um, if any of you desires to be great, one big mistake that people of faith or Christians make is they have this weird idea of what humility is. Mm. They think that the desire to be great is bad, Mm. but He never said that being Mm. like our chief leader. He Mm. said, if any of you desires to be great, make yourself a servant first. Absolutely. You mentioned a point, you know what? And this is, I'm I'm based in Canada and I I played football in in California after high school. But the one thing you said, and you know, oh man, it's weird. Serendipitous. I was watching an interview with Warren Buffett and, you know, the lady always asked, you know, how'd you take such a small amount of money and turn it into a, you know, kingdom? And he's driving the same car and he's in Omaha, Nebraska. And he's, you know, I didn't know the dude eats like McDonald's twice a day, like religiously. I I was like, wow. And she was saying, he said, you know, a little bit of it is luck. And he's like the fact of the womb in which I was born. He said, if I would have been a black man or a woman, uh, back in those days, there's no freaking way I would have got to where I was. And if I did, I would have had to work probably 10 times harder. In the United States, it, I mean, have you been to Canada? 
Yep. Okay. We we do. You know, I can say we do roll differently depending on where you go in Canada. But we don't have a. Is there racial divide? Is there cultural issues and stuff? Of course there is, but not to the magnitude of the United States. And I, and I and sometimes I feel that's just on population. Like California has more population than Canada, but the United States, my God! And for the first time, even when I went to the states, is when I like just in dealings. You know, I I remember I was wearing a suit one day and we we're hanging out or whatever and. I, you know, this cop comes over and I'm like, what the hell? And I, man, I, and I don't even look gangster or anything, dude. Like I'm, I'm, you know, and the people I'm with were very astute and they're like, and I'm just like, it's not that he did or said anything, but the vibe, it was just a vibe. And for the first time ever, I was like, holy shit. Like, this is some, like, yeah, people are dying out there. And I, like, I, you, you know, I just kind of looked at him. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I, I got to keep my eye on you. You're, you're a different dude. You know what I'm saying? And I think for you to bring up that point is is it's really good. Now, I don't think that's any reason for any person who's a woman or a visible minority or a different culture, you know, is 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 an excuse not to be successful. I think that you're right. You're like, I'm a white dude, man. I mean, I just, you know, I should go out there. I shouldn't be complaining. You know, it's like trust fund kid. It's like, yo, man, my, my dad's a billionaire. I got issues. I don't know where my problem is. However, do you think that does play a role? If it does play a role. What would you tell somebody to get around that? And is it more so them versus themselves? And is there is that more of a mentality issue that they gotta they have to kind of dig deep within, be introspective, self aware to get around that? I think actually I heard the best answer from Gary Vaynerchuk, and he just said, "All you need is one person. You need one example." of someone who's doing what you want mm, to be doing mm. that is a woman or is a visible minority and then you should stop complaining as well and get to work. Mm. And so I think that's that's what it is. I you know YouTube's a great example. YouTube is for sure a meritocracy and it is a very diverse commu- community. People from all different Absolutely. Uh, ethnicities, backgrounds, Absolutely. ages. Yeah. People say they, they say age is an excuse. There's a lot of YouTubers crushing it at the higher ages. There's uh, kids, of course, are and people from different backgrounds. And at the same time, I'm empathetic because even if you talk, take CPM, you know, cost per a thousand views basically yep. is yep. what it is. Cost yep. per million on YouTube. It's higher here in the U.S. than other places. Of course. And so, sure, there's advantages. I teach a lot of affiliate marketing and some countries can't apply for Amazon and people where they are. But nevertheless, I think for some people that one of the, the, the big losing strategy is is sitting around waiting for the world to become fair. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We could debate that. We could uh, hope we could even pray, but apparently that's not a prayer that God in the short term is answering. Things are not becoming fair uh, in the short term. So you really, it's, it's not about your resources. It's about your resourcefulness. And we have examples of every background, age and ethnicity and whatever in all kinds of different entrepreneurship, social media. So, yeah, just getting to work and working with what you have. You know, it's like the quote I did open up with, and it said, it does say, stand in service of others by living your authentic truth. The biggest thing I can stand about people in general is that when they, if they get success or they don't get success, they're only showing a certain portion of them, uh, themselves. I, I mean, I've been guilty of it too. I think, you know, with age comes knowledge. You know, it's not like I'm an old dude. I don't know. How old are you? I'm 33. How old are you? 34. Yeah. So you're 34. So, you know, you're around the same age. I mean, are you different from when you're 24? Probably, you know, uh, but I think the biggest thing for me though, is that 
I cannot not live my authentic self, meaning I'm not going to, you know, talk about, okay, Ryan's doing this, this, and this, and this is how I got here, but then not talk about my humble beginnings because somebody might only see me at the finish line, but they have no idea of what I went through to get here. This podcast, one of my biggest things I always wanted to do was, you know, I do a lot of speaking, all that, but I'm like, okay, I got a marketing company and all that. But maybe I should go into broadcasting and, you know, I probably could have did it. But then I'm like, OK, traditional media, like nah, not so good. However, I could go buy my own equipment and become a media company. Right. And I said, I'm going to go, you know, start a podcast. Uh, I've never, ever ran a podcast in my life, um, but there's something called YouTube and Google. Um, I am a digital dude, but I want to put out real content with real people. I cannot tell you I knew the biggest challenge would be finding really good guests and I don't want my guests to always be, okay, you know, Sean Canal, I got a zillion views, you know, the Nike guys, I got, you know, I bring on everyday quote unquote people and we have chats too, but from some of the people who are notables, I mean, man, the lack of ego they have. Now you can't approach somebody and say, me, 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 here's what I want, here's what I want. And sometimes, yeah, you get gatekeeped, right? So somebody's like, yeah, it's just another podcast guy, whatever, you know, but you got to come back around. You know, the Nike dude, it took me seven cracks. And then he's like, okay, shit. And I literally, I messaged a guy on Instagram. I went through the DM, Gary V style, right? He's like, yo, hit, hit it through the DM. I think my biggest thing is that, do you feel that you fully represent yourself if somebody's on YouTube and they're going down a specific narrow niche? And I know that's something that you do recommend is if you do want to get some traction, try to be specific as possible. Um, but do you feel that you show your full self or do you have a certain percent percentage that's Sean Cannell online and then Sean Cannell with family, personal life? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this. I would say the answer to your question at first is no, especially on Think Media, um, because Think Media, I realized, was also a little too surgical. It was a little too clinical. I learned how to rank videos. Mm. Incredibly, I mean, personality, because it's going to come through and adding value. But uh, because I, I kind of went. I'll tell you what happened was I think that one of the issues some people are having these days, not only does a lot of people want to become a YouTuber, people want to become daily vloggers, yeah, yeah, which I think is awesome. But that takes a level of ego and narcissism to literally be like, you know what? Because, yeah, people would want to watch my life for 10 to 15 minutes a day now. I'm all for it. Go for it. But I think you definitely want to take a humble approach there too. <laughs> like that is a, that's a pretty, that's an insane thing. There's a lot of people in the world. And so I overcorrected cause I was like, who am I to or whatever? I just want to like put my head down add insane value, serve people. I know that's what will cause growth. I also know that when people know you because you added value first, if I ever wanted to start a vlog, now people might be like, and we get inquiries now. I would love to see the behind the scenes. I'd love to see other things. However, I probably overcorrected, especially on Think Media mm. TV. So now we're trying to go back and share more personality. But in full answer to the question, I haven't held, if you will, anything back. I think that one of the opportunities we have online is, for instance, Snapchat, which I have like no following and no real, no real consistency, just random stuff. But that's I mean, I have my four personal personality there or on a podcast and on our webinars and whatnot, I tell our story. So I guess what I realized is I think it's attention. I've actually asked this year to myself, how can I weave in bite-sized increments? Because also people, if, if they're wanting to see camera information, they don't need your life story. No. But I do know you could weave in nuggets of your story. And I would even say for those listening, that's an important tactic because what's becoming commoditized more than ever 
is information. Mm, mm. It already is commoditized. But what I mean is we just covered CES, the tech show here in Vegas. And a lot of people um, are going to cover the facts of cameras. They're going to cover the details of the tech that yes, they review there. Yes. But here's the thing. All you do is cover the facts and the information. Someone could watch your video, be like, thanks for the facts, leave and forget you. But if you don't share any kind of connection point that either might pe- make people like you or maybe not like you, then they can't necessarily go deeper. And the people who are going to win moving forward are the ones who are not just sharing information. They're also building connections. Mm. They're building relationships. And my awareness of that was like, shoot, if I don't actually connect with an audience and build a community and I just am factual, Mm. it makes me think of no hate on CNET, but CNET is, uh, reviews a lot of cool tech. I watch their videos Mm. I've never once thought, you know, I should go connect with that person on social. Like the person delivering the information. Okay, see, here's the funny thing. Me and you are opposite. I like, okay, uh, what's an example? Um, I just posted something about a magazine that I wrote an article and they featured it uh, yesterday. I posted it today. Well, I seen that somebody who's a reader connected with me on LinkedIn. So not only did I connect with her on LinkedIn, I went and hounded her down on Snapchat and, and Instagram I went on Instagram and said, hey, I'd love your feedback on the piece that I wrote. And I connect. My first thought, my first gate is connect with you. Like, and that's huge. My weakness, which I'm addressing, is content. Meaning, okay, well, Ryan gets up in front of people, does all those things, all this. But where's like the content that we can go in and actually like, even if it's bite-sized content, terrible with it. Because, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. And, you know, it's funny because I, I this is a humble moment on my part, but I feel like sometimes, okay, the D500, so I set this here. This is a, a bot. I'm sure you've heard of it. You're the tech guy. But I got the D500 here. Now, if I did a, if I did an unboxing on the D500 and talked about the D500, I just feel like, holy shit, there's like another 100 people, 1,000 people, 10,000 people that talked about the D500. They wrapped it up, shaped it out. like, like, And that's something like I, I know a lot of people wanting to get on YouTube or put out content. They're like, well, Sean... I mean, there's already like, I'm sorry, there's no new ideas out there. Like we're all like even Gary Vaynerchuk, if you listen to all his talks, I love Gary, but it's all the same shit. Like he's not giving you anything different. He's giving you a different context. He's wrapping it up differently so that maybe, you know, realtors could understand or automotive dealers or whatever, but it's all the same content. He tells he he tells you it's the same content. How, like, what would you say to that? Where Because for me, I am opposite. I look at you, the first thing I would say, if you said, Ryan, what's one tip you could give me? I'd say, holy shit, Sean, you worked a, your ass off getting that many views. Time to circle back, start scaling back, meaning go scrape. Because now people want to see, I just want to see Sean when he wakes up and hasn't brushed his teeth. There's something weird about it. But like, what's your shoe size? What are you having for dinner? Because I'm like, I know you're the camera guy. I know you can do that, right? Like, what's your thoughts on that? When I love that you say that because you're, you're totally right. I, I'm like, I do need to go that. I need to go back and focus on community in depth. Yeah. I think my, my point is you're exactly right. There are going to be a thousand camera reviews and 900 of them might be great. But having personality, yeah, you know, it's there. It's the connecting with the person. Here's why there's so much opportunity for everybody listening. Some people want to hear about the D500 or would connect best with a woman. Yeah. Some uh, people would want to hear about the D500, but would connect best with somebody who's maybe older generation talking slower. Someone just commented on my video. They go, you talk too fast. <laughs> so in, in, in respect, I was actually like, hey, by the way, YouTube has a setting that lets you not only speed up videos, but slow them down. <laughs> 
they actually said thank you because yeah. they, they didn't know. It, it, I mean, it was a sincere thing. They were like, you're talking too fast. Not everyone is going to like my vibe. Yeah. Um, but I like to say your vibe attracts your tribe. Ah, ooh, I like that. I know about 30 YouTube teachers. I'm friends with all these different people. Um, there are competitors. There are also my friends. Owen, Brian, Daryl, Tim, Roberto, Jessica, Sonny, Ziovo. Like I can go through this list. Amy, like all these people are, are teaching like similar things as us. But a lot of people, some people might be like, yeah, Sean's kind of cool, but dude, dude, he's too hyper for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why there's a ton of opportunity, I think, for people listening is that at some point you're kind of right. There isn't a lot new under the sun, but your context, your story, your perspective. We also went back. Now, one thing I would say where we have done a great job of building connection mm. is as you go deeper into our world, it's particularly on like our webinars where I break down our whole story and I talk about uh, my wife's chronic illness and mm. our journey, all kinds of things like that. Well, we just did, uh, Heather on my team did a focus group with people that are in our membership group, Video Ranking Academy. Mm-hmm. And they said, they said, we said, why did you buy? And you know what they said? They said, because I was able to watch Sean give so much value, number one, that I figured there'd be even more value in the course. Number two, because of his faith and his integrity, which Mm. I could see from his stuff. And saying that, some people also might hear about my faith and be like, well, F that guy, like, I I don't want anything to do with that. That's not, I don't even think that's bad. Your vibe attracts your tribe. Therefore, though, if you are holding back your belief system, your values, who you are, Mm. you're actually sabotaging your business, because you want to be bold in who you are because you will attract that market. You'll be able to connect with people who resonate with you. This is this is start with why. This is Simon Sinek. Yeah, people yeah. don't. It, a lot of people are doing the same what. Tons of people are doing the same what. They're teaching YouTube. Our processes to get there are different hows. And our, I believe my how is, mm. is better than some others, right? Like yeah. We have a how. We of help course. People rank. Yep. Our how is good, but how we get to the destination, we also overlap in a lot of those best practices. The why of all of my friends who are competitors, it's different. And and people resonate when you mm. show people who succeed are going to be sharing their why and people rally behind your value system. So that's what I'd recommend for people to stand out. You got to be great. There's excellence mm. is the prerequisite, mm. at least a le- some level of mastery. You don't have to be an expert. Mm. All you have to do to be able to help people in this space is be a few steps ahead to help people that are just a few steps behind. Mm. You don't have to ever reach your destination. You're just taking people on the destination with you on the journey with you rather. But um, definitely your personality, your uniqueness and really capitalizing on that. And last thing I'll say is one of my favorite quotes over the last really six months is Sally Hogstead, who wrote the book Fascinate, said different is better than better Mm, mm. to make the breakthrough today. Mm. And that could be different in what your product is and how you Mm, deliver it. mm -hmm. But maybe your product's the same. Different could just be the experience. Mm. Different could be two cups of coffee taste exactly the same. Mm. But one place gives me an ambiance, gives me the music, makes me feel a certain way. In fact, the coffee might be worse, aka Starbucks. But Starbucks convenience, the vibe, the thing, like so they just offer a different thing than other stores. If you want to beat Starbucks, don't try to be Starbucks. Open up that hipster coffee shop. Now you're doing <laughs> pour overs. Now you're doing AeroPress. Now you're percolating and doing like water filtration. 
all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff. Everyone's got tats and a beard and a waxed out mustache. Yeah. But that's different. Sean, Sean, are you secretly by describing that coffee so eloquently telling me like you're a coffee bean head? Because that was like way detailed, buddy. <laughs> that was awesome, I, I though. Am, no, I love it. <laughs> uh, Omar on my team really is the one who who, who gets the, uh, going the most, but he lets me know where all the spots are. But I do love some really good coffee. And every time I go to a city, I look for really, really what's the best coffee shop. I want to go there. Do you have any bad habits like ones that, you don't? I mean, just just something you're like, man, it's it's terrible. Like health wise like bo- like booze like not that you're an alcoholic or a drug addict sure. or anything but like is there anything you're just like shit man i just if people found out that i like i just i just can't like it's just it's just my guilty pleasure <laughs> totally, totally i mean okay bad habits i mean definitely i think i think actually one of my worst habits because it, and it, it and it's funny because i learned this from a mentor years back and they said this that you shouldn't if you joke about your bad habits, you're giving away your power. But you know how we always joke like, oh, you know how we how you always just eat too much <laughs> on Thanksgiving or something. Yeah. Well, how about how about we don't, though? Like, that's actually that's actually not a good thing. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. But, yeah. So, but these are the kind of things I joke about. I think being late. Yeah. Uh, OK. I, I, I always like I, I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think it's respectable or whatever, but it's something I really struggle with. You're five um, minutes, I, you're five minutes late today, but you said, sorry. <laughs> it, was, it was such a funny story too. You're like, that was the first word. It was like, sorry, ready to go. <laughs> so yeah, at least you're, at least you're empathetic. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I try to be self-aware as possible. Uh, I would say that, um, the, uh, the, I do. I do. My eyes are too big for my stomach. I say I, I overfill my calendar and my things. And if that's for for being self-inflicted, that's fine. But none of us are solo. We have people around us that affects my wife. Mm. That affects my team. Mm. If I overcommit, if I do too much, um, it can cause stress and anxiety. And if I can handle it, that's one thing. But how's it affecting the people around me? Absolutely. Mm. Um, you know, I think, uh, uh, lately I, I definitely like, I don't have like a perfect diet or anything, but over the last couple of years, I've been trying to work to, to do, to just to, to put habits in my life that support the kind of success, yeah. the kind of mental clarity, um, that I want to have. I mean, you even mentioned like, like drinking, yeah. that was one where, uh, I and I've been really physically transformed over the last couple of years, but like I was really into IPA, uh, uh, IPAs and stuff and a huge calorie count. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you, you're just 300 on one of those. You have like two, three of those. You had, yeah, it's a thousand calories. Or something, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, yeah. Uh, and it also just you're going to feel groggy. You're going to feel yeah. weighed down. And um, and so. Uh, I lo- lately, like, like I'm trying to just barely like most days not drink and just very rarely. And I, I love sour beers actually, yeah, but yeah. now like yeah. light, super light, like yeah. maybe 3.5%, yeah. 4%. Yeah. And, and, and I've learned because it's based more on the mental clarity and yeah. the lifestyle. But then also, so a couple years ago I was, um, I had completely neglected my fitness. Yeah. And if I, if I had one regret in my twenties, now I'm 34 was I, people make the excuse, like, I don't have the time I did. I could yeah. have found it. Yeah. And as we've heard from greats like Richard Branson saying, my productivity wouldn't even be close to what it was if I didn't make time 
for fitness. And I've been learning that in the last few years. And a lot of that, as I kind of got connected to one of my mentors, Shalene Johnson and Brett Johnson, she's a fitness celebrity. Shalene Johnson. Oh my God. Holy. I stumbled on her. She's a a work of art, man. She's amazing. She's, uh, she, oh geez. Actually her, her video, if you, if you know her, man, just be like, the dude I just did a podcast with, the first mic I had, it was an ATR USB 2500 mic or whatever. It was in one of her videos, and she's like, listen, guys, if you're just starting out, you want a cost-effective mic, this mic is killer. It just Her name, though, she's fantastic. That's a great yep. mentor. That's exactly. a great mentor. And I started, you know, you are an average of the five people, you know, that uh, you spend the most time with. And Benji Travis, he's a runner. I started running. Yeah, He's all into green juice. I just finished a green yeah, juice. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, Shalene talking about um, that fitness development leads to personal development, leads to business development. Yeah, yeah. And there's people even who are crushing it in business development. But and they might say, well, I'm doing fine. I'm making millions. But my thought is, A, you might even be making more if you had the other things in order or you would have energy for maybe other things and just a greater peace of mind, greater quality of life. The biggest regret of most CEOs at the end of their life is that they sacrifice their health. And and so anyways, when, so when, it, when, always, it com- when it comes to fitness, though. I mean, a lot of people make excuses and, and it, it, fitness transcends into everything in life. But usually people are like, oh, I can't do it because of this or, you know, uh, the gym is too far or, you know, my treadmill broke down in the basement or. So basically people say, listen, take off all the no's, take off all the reasons why not. So for you, because you are busy, I know for me, when I think about fitness, I think about, OK, going to the gym. How long is it going to take me to drive? So I put it, you know, I put basically a gym almost like in the basement. I, I basically try to make it as convenient as possible. Have you found some conveniences that work for you? Even things like, my God, when you like running, right? If you're an avid runner, which man, running, everything grows on your body quicker. The more fit you are, you will notice you have to shave more. Your your eye, your unibrow might be coming in. I think about all these detailed things. Your fingernails start growing longer, and you're like, yep. shit. Like, okay, wait a sec. Okay, I'm getting. I'm really liking how I look. I feel great. But my God, like I'm having to put some more like manscaping into it. Have you? have you found like little like hacks on that that's actually a funky video actually like detailed hacks you know like weird like cut your like i I haven't seen any of that on youtube not detailed (laughs) i would say i would say number one and now if people see the video uh i running has kind of dropped my weight a lot i mean over the last couple years number one i started out running and I started out, I couldn't even run for very long. I would jog, I'd walk. Yep. And I just a few months ago finished the Las Vegas half marathon oh, good in the top you. 25% of runners out of 35,000 people. Congrats, man. From being super out of shape, from being f- pretty lethargic and being pretty productive, but like just not feeling that great. Yeah. And so little by little, but here's why running is a hack for me. Number one, exactly. I can just run right out of my front door. <laughs> mostly, mostly year round here in Vegas, I can go run. Yeah. Number two, it is an entrepreneur 10 X hack. I believe that with my whole heart. Here's why we, most entrepreneurs do not have enough time to think they do not have enough time to unwind the tangles that are in their brain. They do not have enough time to think creatively and dream. Um, and they also have high stress. So I now am find that it's like a sanctuary to go on a five mile run. Um, number one, your brain starts just mm. lighting up. 
So <laughs> yeah. I have now created a whole bunch of problems this week. I've got, you know, three fires with my team, a couple issues, a couple things of what's going to happen. I'll go on runs. I'll come back with the name and title of our next webinar. I'll come back with the six steps of, of how a funnel upsells and downsells are going to work. I going out on that run has become this place of kind of bliss mm. where then I, you also get the runners high. You just get lit up and then you also get refreshed. You de-stress. So it's like lower stress levels, the impact on fitness. Honestly, I eat pretty healthy across the board, probably really healthy by some standards, kind of plant-based. But it's weird because I'll go to extremes. I'm really not dogmatic. If someone's like, you know, let's go get whatever. I'm like, I'll meet you there. You know, like (laughs) I'll eat anything. And especially when you're running. Yeah. um, I'm like, shoot. Sometimes I'm like, dang, I just burnt a thousand calories. You know what I did once? I just crushed a Ben and Jerry's the boom chocolata with the chocolate core. You got to eat a whole pint of that stuff, man. That's 1,400 calories yeah. in one pint. Yeah. But but if you're like, shoot, I mean, I just broke even after that long. Yeah. Run, you know? <laughs> which, uh, which is kind of cool. But, but man, it's such a hack because yeah. um, it is supercharging my life as an entrepreneur. And now I look back and I'm like, how did I ever live without this? Mm. I have more energy throughout my life, not less. And, and what I'm also finding, we don't have kids and that's honestly, mm-hmm. um, people got to evaluate the season that they're in. Part of that has to do with do my you, wife's health and some other things. Would you guys like but, to have kids though? Eventually you think no, health, completely. health permitting, oh, health permitting. Yeah. You no, know, our yeah. heart is totally about yeah. kids. But saying that I just, I just had my son 14 and a half months ago, man. And I'll tell you, uh, oh, it's, it's. You know, it's interesting having a child because there is many humans out there that cannot have kids that would love to have kids for many reasons. But it's uh, it's a game changer. Uh, You I think people say you feel more motivated. You realize I mean, entrepreneurship for me, if you ask me, Ryan, what what's the two number, you know, one and two things of being an entrepreneur? Number one, I can choose where I want to spend my time. That's huge. That's huge to me, like hands down. And number two, my son looks at me the same way he does his mom. And I don't think a lot of dads can say that. And for me, hands down. So I hope you guys get are blessed with the opportunity of that. It, it, it is beautiful. It's, it's a challenge like no other. I have literally been covered in poop. I have been pissed on. <laughs> I have been sure. I, like, if you think you're the man or the woman and your ego's awesome, your kids will tell you you're just like mom or dad. So like, calm down. But sorry, but, sorry to interject. Well, no, absolutely. But the reason I bring that up is it also even speaks to our momentum and, and some of the things we could do. It's just my wife and I and as it pertains to running, because that's the season we find ourselves in. Mm. Uh, if we had kids right now, even the amount of work and time would probably be reallocated, but I'm able to get up uh, and grind. And some days I might, you know, I do my morning routine and prize for a prize fighter morning routine. Really cut the, the book. The miracle morning was a big book for me yeah. and, um, and, and getting that, get my mindset right. Um, uh, and then, and then crush through the day, but then I might go on a run sometimes at five or six and sometimes, sometimes my wife will visit family in Washington or whatever. I get back from that run, dude, I can work another five, six hours with total mental clarity and energy Absolutely. that's been reset by that workout. Absolutely. And we do a little, I do some other workout kettlebells and whatnot, but that's yeah. what I need to do. I don't want to do strength training because running can really thin you out. And I'm like, uh, man, I need to kind of balance this <laughs> stuff out next. Well, and I think, I think that's, I think that's huge. Uh, what would you say is, I, it's funny. Uh, I seen an email autoresponder that you had. I think I sent, uh, I was trying to coordinate with Jen prior to Christmas. And then, um, she said, you know, we'll, we'll, let's circle back in January. But 
I got an autoresponder back. It's got to be one of the best autoresponders I've ever gotten because it basically just said, as you know, family's a priority. It just was so like nice. And I'm like an autoresponder hater. Like I hate, I hate autoresponders. But the way you worded that autoresponder was so good. It, it kind of made me, I think you're the first person I've interacted with, with the YouTube thing, but be, really having that heavy personal brand that's really scaled it other than Gary Vaynerchuk. But I mean, you know, you've scaled it to a degree of you. I still feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting the Sean Canal experience, but I'm not, but you're still managed to keep that experience, but scale it out to a team a bit. The whole team canal and Jen thing. I think it's so psychological that that subject line still says Sean Canal, but in that signature, it says team canal comma Jen, but then still has your signature on the bottom. How, like, how and why? Maybe I'm overthinking it, but it's very tactical in my opinion. Well, I think, I mean, that's one of the questions I've asked the most, because how do you scale a personal brand? Um, And I don't really know, but I think the way you do anything is you do it intentionally. Yeah. So you think about the vision that you want to create. You think about things like um, uh, tweets and things that'll go out even now are from um, Heather, they're from me, but they'll sometimes be scheduled or posted by her. Interaction is from me. So I realized what can I scale? And the reason Heather on my team can do some of those social things is now we have two years of context. She's really bright. Mm. She'll watch word for word a live stream that I'll do and then just capture some of those phrases out of it. So that's there's a tactic, though. She'll watch the live stream. She'll capture my words. Mm. My words will go out in Twitter. That'll start a conversation. Mm. I will then go engage. And then all I have to do is at times of the day, go into those notifications, jam with people. That's growing beyond um, where I am now. Um, But we've looked at other things too. Even Team Gary has a separate YouTube channel. So Team Gary can comment back on whatever. Mm -hmm. So we've thought about Team Cannell to be also in comments because I also want there to be that difference where when people see comments that are being replied to, they are me. But scaling language as it goes in the newsletter. Mm. Um, and also I, I've learned a ton from Gary, but Gary's been a huge, um, just kind of watching him, especially too, because he recently even probably said that he might have the largest personal brand machine built with about 19 employees, like doing what yeah. they're doing and maximizing his content. So I'm trying to learn from him. Um, but even like his medium posts, he doesn't write those. No, but but backing it he up, okay. Okay, so you yeah. have, how many how many people do you have on your team roughly? We have six now. So you have six. So if you and then how long ago was it that you had you and your wife or who or whoever would just help you? Like you you weren't at a level that you could afford somebody, or you weren't at that level in general. How how long ago would have that been? October twenty fifteen. Wow. I'm, um, Good for you. Most man. of our full time income is from freelance work, three main clients. Week yeah. one, the first one fires me. Week two, the second one fires me. Week three, the third one fires me. We lose 90% of our income in one month. And I asked David Goldstein, one of my mentors here in Vegas, okay, shoot, what should I do? Do I get more clients or do I go all in? Think Media is at 16,000 subscribers. He goes, I think you should go all in. I think you can make the bridge. We're making maybe a few hundred dollars of online income affiliate marketing. By January 1st, 2016, we're at 20,000 subscribers on Think Media and we had replaced our income from that other those clients about 5k a month on Amazon affiliate marketing. Yep, yep. And so um now it's just my wife and I. 
Yeah. Now, what's interesting is I had met Heather, but she was and she was the first. She's our chief operation officer now um, and um, is full time with us crushing. She's lethal. Dude, she is. <laughs> uh, she's. Yeah. But she um, she works. Originally, we got coffee. We figured out where she was. She saw what we were doing. She knew I wanted to create digital products. My brain hurt from just trying to be a YouTuber, just trying to like get those videos out and sustain that like affiliate marketing growth and all that. And so she's like, you know, I've helped other people do, do this. I've taken all these courses. Mm. I was a social media um, marketing manager for Washington State Parks. I've done all these things. I was like, wow, you're the perfect person. Well, guess what? I can't pay you. Okay. How's that sound? And she's like, well, you know, what can we do? So we decided when we would build that, I said, well, if, if you want to be at kind of a founder's level of this, why don't we just do a percentage thing? We build this. You take risk. I take risk. I have no idea if this is going to work. So the reason I say that is because she kind of was in the picture at the beginning of 2016. Yeah. But I was a solo creator with just my wife for about a year, about yeah. October 2015 to about October yeah. of 2016, an intern Jay started helping during the summer. Another guy kind of helped. Um, and then since then we started to scale. So it was about a year as a solopreneur, if you will, or just our family. Yeah. And then we started adding team members. Wow. Good for you, man. So the growth has been very, well, not years and years. I mean, it's been relatively recent. I mean, over the next, over the course of two, three years, maybe. The, the, it's been insanely fast. We're in, yeah. we're starting year three. It's yeah, the beginning of year. Yeah, now, there's so much though. But I mean, Think Media started in 2010, and yeah. I always like to tell people, like, be working on your dream job while you have a day job. Absolutely. So the jump off point, it wasn't like, okay, I quit. We're at zero. We're in a garage. Nothing's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. do a start. It was like, no, I was I was working on it. Um, but from jumping into doing it full time, it also shows the power of focus. Um, I had so many things, too many things, and you're, you're doing them all right, but nothing can really thrive when you got tons of clients and uh, at times yeah. I at a, a yeah. position yeah. plus trying to do YouTube. So when I unleashed the full energy that I had on just this one thing, it was exponential. Wow. Well, that's, and that's, I always talk about the power of focus. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, we're going to wrap it up really quick here. Uh, quick little fire round. We can be quick and then uh, we'll get into how Sean can, uh, you can reach out to Sean and all his endeavors. Uh, number one, sneakers or dress shoes? Sneakers. What's for dinner tonight? <laughs> is it green based? Is it plant based? Or is it like, the Ben and Jerry's <laughs> dinner is probably Uber Eats, uh, a Greek place that my wife and I love. You know what? We've never used Uber Eats. How is that process? Is it good? It's pretty cool. It's yeah, it's it's uh, you'll get addicted, right? Because then you just be like, hey, man, this is pretty convenient. And uh, I haven't I haven't used Postmates. There's places I wish were on Uber Eats. Yeah. But then you pay for the food and Postmates separate or whatever. And so Uber Eats is usually what we're doing when we do that. Well, Sean, my, my wife is a chef, so I'm a very lucky man. So she would kill me. But anyways, uh, number number three, are you a hunter or gatherer? Uh, both. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Uh, four, you're a new addition to a crayon box. What color would you be? Uh, yellow. Five. <laughs> Who would win the fight between Superman and Batman? It's such an easy question. It's not a debate. I don't even know. <laughs> you, you, we are talking about a supernatural being from another planet <laughs> who can have buses cro crash into him, who can bend and break skyscrapers, and a dude who's got somebody making him cool tech. Now, I have a tech channel. I'm all about tech, <laughs> but uh, 
Uh, I know that in some comics and things, things get exaggerated, but it's no question. It's Superman. I mean, let's be real here. Mm, Okay. Six. What is the number one thing that drives you? Um, living up to my God given potential. Okay. Seven proudest moment personally. Um, Is there any editing in this podcast? <laughs> no, 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 no editing on this. I make the, I make the, I don't delete anything. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as I think my proudest moment personally, um, I mean, probably the thing that I feel most uh, achievement for was that day of going full time as a YouTuber, because yeah. on the one hand, I would totally give credit that without relationships, without people around me, without friends and, and all kinds of things. But it was something I built from scratch, from nothing into something that now, you know, pays our bills, supports us and gives us a way to serve and impact more people. I think that's my proudest achievement so far. That's great, man. Uh, biggest professional accomplishment, which I guess that probably syndicates into that, eh? Yeah, I think my biggest professional accomplishment, though, I would think is kind of what we're living in now. And that is is really building a team, especially because and I'm passionate about helping other entrepreneurs with this. I'm seeing this world of social media influencers um, burn people out. I'm seeing um, mm. there's so many blessings to it, but there's a lot of challenges to it. And um, and team is something people struggle with because of the e-myth. It's something I struggled with. I literally wrestled with it. I mean, I'm the worst. I'm a technician. Uh, I was the video editor. How do you run a team? How do you be mm. a leader? And so I think the greatest professional accomplishment, you know, leaders create leaders. Mm. And I think um, is when I think of team, I start thinking of legacy. I'm already trying to think about my mind. You, I plan on being here for a while, but I'm almost trying to. I'm trying to think about succession. I'm trying to already think about how am I not in the business anymore, even if that takes ten or twenty years, and raising up others and seeing others succeed. I think the second thing I'd say uh, is our proudest is that one of the missions of what we're doing is to help ten thousand people create a full time living doing what they love with online video. Mm. And we've had about. 25 people so far who can say I've created that full-time income because of Sean's influence. Some of that's in a deep level or some they've learned something here, but that's kind of my proudest achievement is when not just I've experienced success, but I've helped others achieve their dreams. Absolutely. That's great, man. Uh, How do you define success? Um, a couple of different des- uh, two definitions actually that I live my life by one. I sold this from John Maxwell, uh, probably one of my favorite authors and, and someone I look to for reading a lot of leadership. Um, and he says, and I just, just stole it. So this is my quote as well, that at the end of my life, I'm going to define success by if the people closest to me love and respect me the most. Mm, oh, I love that. Thank God. Praise yeah. God. Blessings on that. Thank you. What are you scared of? Um, I am scared of wasting my potential. Mm. I, I, I feel like life is a gift. I, I really believe that. I feel like uh, being alive is a gift. Whatever gifts, talents, skills we have or don't have, wherever we are born, it's all a gift. And that life's really about just stewardship. It's just mm. handling what we have. And I think my greatest fear is is um just being wasteful or flippant or ungrateful with with my God-given talents and abilities and mm. the privilege of being alive. Mm. Uh, do you have a role model? I have many role models. Um, I, you know, I mentioned uh, probably the greatest role model to me, of course, is Jesus Christ. Like, uh, yeah. um, But beyond that, um, I would say 
those those mentors in my life right now, Shaleen Johnson, Brett Johnson, David Goldstein. I, I think I have a multiplicity. Uh, Phil Escalin, who's my stepdad, you know, from his work ethic. Um, uh, my mom from how she loves people and, and how she uh, prays for people and just all these different people. So I think I have multiplicity of role models. And um, I feel like I feel like it's so important. One of a tactic is to pick out a, a collective of people that you wish your future was like mm. and then maybe say, like, I want my future to be a mix of this, that and the other thing. And it gives you a North Star. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to be building a team like Team Johnson. That's why we're called Team Cannon, mm. Shalene mm. and Brett. You know, I kind of want to have the uh, the work ethic and legacy of, Phil, you know, whatever. So mm. those different people. But those are just a few um of the role models. That's huge, man. Uh, what is your favorite thing to do? Non-work related. Uh, Non-work related lately is probably snowboarding. I, uh, okay. <laughs> our first date for my wife and I was snowboarding. And okay. one of our first dates, we went yeah. up to Mount Baker. That was the last time we went snowboarding <laughs> for 10 years. Wow. And we got married and they got busy and then yeah, yeah. You know, funds were tight. But just recently, I've been um, getting back into it, and it's been rediscovering a huge passion. I, I snowboarded for about eight, ten years on ski bus and everything, so okay. I was pretty good at it. Mm. Um, and so I think that's what I'm, I'm going in two days. Park City, Powder Cats, going in the backcountry. Okay. It's going to be insane. I, yeah. I mean, I, my wife and I have a few homes, so we live 50% uh, of the time here in Alberta and 50% of the time in British Columbia. But our backyard is the mountains, man. So, I mean, that's it. the powder that comes down there is beautiful. Uh, when you think of Las Vegas, what's the first word that comes to mind? Uh, love. We <laughs> 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 love it here, man. Yeah. Not the first word that comes to most people. Yeah, mind. yeah. Love uh, Vegas. One, one piece of advice you would give someone who is scared shitless. Uh, I think John Wayne saddled up and said... Uh, Courage is not the absence of fear. It's it's saddling up and doing it anyway. I just combined like two quotes. There yeah. he's, right. he's Courage is not the absence of fear. It's just saying F it and punching fear in the face and doing it anyways. Absolutely. When you hear the word star, what is the first thought that comes to mind? Star? Star. Star. Yeah. First word that comes Probably to mind. Probably the first thought that comes to mind. Yeah. First thought. Is, is, is the stars. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, man, I'll tell you right now, after interviewing and talking to people, as I know you can assume, it's amazing how small our world actually really is. Uh, people that are doing big things in the world, no matter what industry, what genre, uh, we do share some similar common denominators. And uh, it's funny because I'll be editing a podcast and I'm listening and I'm like, wait a sec. Whoa. Wait, uh, uh, yeah. No, that's Sean. And I'm like, what? I just I just heard this. Like, there's so many symmetries. I actually want to take like a, a, an edit. One day I want to edit just little lines that people have said, like 25 different people said the same thing almost in different direction. Um, it's been a, a true, true pleasure. Um, Sean, how can every everybody, anyone reach out to you? Please tell them where they can go and how they can find you. Yeah, probably the best place to start is just go to YouTube and type in Think Media in the search bar. And that's the best tips and tools for building your influence with online video. Everybody should be paying attention to video right now. 
Video is king. It's the preferred content format of choice. Mark Zuckerberg said that by 2019, he expects uh, all of Facebook to be mostly video. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk, I think, said that uh, video is the single most important skill in content marketing today. And so master video, that channel is all about the tools. And so what kind of cameras, lighting, microphones, and we share some tips about online video there as well. And then video influencers, type that in, the word video and then influencers. It's a weekly interview show with people who are crushing it with video. And so there's that. And then Sean Cannell on Twitter and Instagram, S-E-A-N-C-A-2-N-E-2-L-S, <laughs> Sean Cannell. And um, I'm always down. People have questions or anything um, to, to jam and vibe and connect with people. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show. Everyone, please go on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and rate the podcast. Thank you, everyone, for all the love. Again, uh, drop some comments. Let us know what you think. Uh, this has been another episode of The Ryan Hole Show. Boom, dizzle. Boom, dizzle.